episode one of the Best Ball Dose podcast, your fix of best ball information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about players that we've changed our minds about. It is a long offseason. We've been talking since March about various players, giving our player takes and, you know, new information comes and we have to adapt to it. And that is what this show is going to be about, Joey. So we've each selected two players we've changed our minds about and a player that we as a duo have come full circle on. Joey, let's start off with somebody that you have changed your mind about. So the first player that I've changed my mind about in best ball is Amari Cooper. If you go back on this podcast feed and listen to some of the previous episodes that we've done. I was very bullish on Amari Cooper, especially when we knew that Watson wasn't going to get suspended, at least at the time, for a full year. Obviously, that has changed. Circumstances have changed surrounding the Watson case, and now it looks like he is going to get a year-long suspension and I think just from an offensive efficiency impact it hurts a lot losing Deshaun Watson and going to Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback and I think that's going to impact Amari Cooper quite a bit I think that wide receivers can still get there with bad quarterback play if they have the opportunity and I do still believe that Amari Cooper will have significant opportunity as really the only proven wide receiver on the Browns depth chart at the current moment albeit like he's going to have that opportunity I still think that the offense is just going to be so much worse with Jacoby Brissett or let's say they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo than it would be with Deshaun Watson I was drafting Amari Cooper a ton in the fourth fifth round now he's going at an ADP of 69 he's the wide receiver 34 and I've definitely cooled off drafting him I even said that like he could have been the next Cooper Cup and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen this year for Amari Cooper so just for the concerns around Deshaun Watson and the Browns offensive efficiency concerns I am off Amari Cooper although I don't think he's a complete fade I I think you could still draft him at the right price I was just drafting him way above what his current ADP is right now so Mm -hmm. I kind of just uh I kind of just stopped drafting him to be honest yeah I was happy to take Amari Cooper in like the fifth round when you know part of his range included a full season of Deshaun Watson you know when we were looking at things through a more cynical lens but it's very clear now that you know on on the high end of of Watson games we're looking at like eight but a full year is well within the range now. So I think that that definitely is a factor in bringing Amari Cooper's price down. Like you said, wide receiver 34 on underdog with an ADP of 69.8. I think he's a decent buy at that price, to be honest. So I haven't fully changed my stance. I was high on Amari too, but it does make sense um, in terms of scaling back the potential Cooper Cup-esque breakouts as far as predictions go. Yeah, probably uh, too bold of a prediction, but with... Deshaun Watson, if if we get a full season of Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper with the other players that they have on the depth chart, I think it was definitely within his range to have his best year of his career. I, I don't think absolutely the, the talent that he's competing with just isn't very good, in my opinion. And, you know, there's a lot of unproven talent as well on that depth chart, whereas Amari Cooper has proven that he could be a reliable wide receiver one in the NFL over the last eight years. 
A player that I've changed my mind about going in that same sort of range is Michael Thomas. Actually, he has flipped Amari Cooper at this point, going as the wide receiver 29 on underdog with an ADP of 56.7. And I found over the past month or so, as Michael Thomas's ADP has continued to rise, I have also been continuing to draft him at that rising cost. And it hasn't gotten to a point yet where I want to get off of him. This is a pretty big departure, I think, from where I was at early in the year when I was just fully off Michael Thomas. I thought that there was a pretty good chance that he wouldn't play. And, and things were just, you know, super sketchy with him. You know, he was like, he was like almost in Will Fuller territory where we were just getting no positive news, no news at all. He was just like a ghost in the wind. Is Michael Thomas going to play? But Michael Thomas has been back at practice. He has reportedly formed a good connection with Jameis, Jameis dealing with the injury, but should be back at practice soon. I think Michael Thomas is on track to play in week one. He's been just getting a ton of targets throughout training camp and looking good. It's still a crowded wide receiver room with with Olave and Landry there, but Thomas has one of the better wide receiver seasons in recent history, and Jameis Winston, all in all, should be an improvement on the quarterback play, at least in terms of aggressiveness, for the season that Thomas showed his best. So, I mean, I think that this is a really good spot for Michael Thomas. We've speculated that the Saints could be in contention for this division as as a long shot, and if that were ever to be within the range of outcomes, I think Michael Thomas having a bounce-back superstar type season would be a major factor in that for sure I think with Michael Thomas I was kind of already on the side of buying him Mm -hmm. as the offseason went on I just felt there was no way he was going to miss two years in a row with a ankle injury just period like we we know he's a diva but come on man at the end of the day it was a simple ankle injury like well, we, we sort of thought it was beyond the injury that was keeping him away. You know, maybe it was displeasure with the team or, or the diva tendencies, some personality stuff. Like we were we were even speculating, you know, this might be like an AB like exit where it's just a, a mental thing. But it, it seems that he's fully past that, you know, besides, of course, launching off some some cryptic tweets every now and then. But that's just part of his brand. Yeah, but nonetheless, I think with Michael Thomas, he's a good buy right now. He's the wide receiver 29. I definitely think he has the upside in the ceiling, just from a talent perspective, to finish as a top 24 wide receiver in the NFL, especially if Jameis works out. We know the upside that Jameis Winston possesses on a game-by-game basis and on a season basis. He has a 5,000-yard season under his resume where he led Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to being both top 12 wide receivers so it's definitely within the range for Michael Thomas in the spot I just think the only concern with Thomas is will his certain play style mesh well with how Jameis plays Mm -hmm. obviously Jameis likes to push the ball down the field and take shots and Michael Thomas is more of the possession receiver which is kind of the reason why he had those great seasons with Drew Brees especially with Drew Brees's declining arm talent kind of a similar situation to Deontay Johnson and Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh will for sure those layup targets be there is really the only question I'm not too sure if they will but I'm still willing to bet on Michael Thomas's talent at the end of the day and he's only 29 years old Uh, like you said he's had one of the best wide receiver seasons in recent memory just a few years ago obviously 
that's a long time. A lot has changed, but I, I think he definitely has the upside that you want in best ball. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and I guess the thing that really just held me back was, you know, thinking about how the saints spent so much to get Olave and then they bring in Landry and, and how are these targets going to get distributed? But Thomas can be that guy that commands the elite target share. And if he comes back and as a semblance of the player he was in 2019, I think that he could be an absolute value right now in the sixth round. Let's talk about another player that you have changed your mind about so far. Yeah, so I think this is the biggest one for me. I made a video why you should be buying Kenny Galladay in best ball about mm, three months ago or so, and I've definitely changed my tune on Kenny Galladay. I just think that there's a good probability that he's just not a good wide receiver or not a great wide receiver, I should say. Not the alpha that everybody has expected him to be, and I think this is very apparent because Matthew Stafford is a talent elevator no question obviously i've i've talked shit about matt stafford quite a bit but it's very apparent now that he's a he's a stat and talent elevator at the quarterback position without a doubt in my mind he did it with golden tate marvin jones kenny galladay cooper cup now who might not be the most talented guy but had the best season like ever you know Mm. and i think i think we're just basing too much of kenny galladay's potential off of what he did with matt stafford whereas i think it was more matt stafford than kenny galladay that's an interesting take and and i kind of like it though it's a little spicy and it's hard for a guy a true alpha like kenny galladay to be as bad as he was last year and we wanted to disregard it like almost like alan robinson this year like it was the situation and things are better but one of these guys is getting matthew stafford and one of them is getting daniel jones yeah and obviously there's a there's a very good probability that daniel jones is trash once again this year right and indeed all of the reports coming out of giants camp have basically been saying kenny galladay sucks and he struggled the entire camp him and daniel jones don't have a connection the market obviously prefers Kadarius tony and i do as well his adp i think is low enough in the 11th 12th round where you could still take shots on kenny galladay just because i think the touchdown upside could potentially be there you know he's he's a typical red zone threat in terms of his profile and he's still one of the best contested catch players in the league just i don't know man he he just the my whole argument is basically saying he just might not be as good as i thought he was yeah and and i think that you make a good point about that and the stafford stuff all checks out to me he averaged 5.4 targets per game last year and with a fully healthy Kadarius tony an emerging wandale robinson saquon barkley back you know being utilized very heavily in the passing game seems to be a major point for this offense from everything we've heard out of camp and from Dable. So I just don't know. I think I, I think I might be on board with you here because I just don't see the target volume. Like, is he actually going to average more targets this year than he did last year? Yeah, I mean, Contarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, Saquon Barkley, they're eventually going to get Sterling Shepard back, who's coming off of a torn Achilles, and, you know, he'll command targets as well. So there are a lot of players on that offense that are going to see opportunity. Kenny Galladay, like I said, has been disappointing in training camp, and people are starting to come around to the fact that he legitimately just might not be that talented of a wide receiver or not as talented as we hoped he would be after Mm -hmm. seeing what he did with Stafford and that just brings everything back to I think it was more Stafford than anything for uh, some of those wide receivers productions all right let me also walk back a take that I went full 
throttle into, mm-hmm. you know, at, at multiple points, especially early in the offseason. And maybe I should have known better than to attach such high hopes to a player who has, you know, been a bum for, for many years. That's Ronald Jones. <laughs> who has uh, continuously disappointed us for four years straight? I think so. I mean, time and time again. And I thought that this was going to be the year where, you know, things were different. But Ronald Jones is now getting his job taken by a seventh round rookie running back. You know, I did. I did say that Rojo could be this year's James Conner. I think I said that he could score 15 to 20 touchdowns if used as the goal line back. That does not seem likely as I think that he is a very strong cut candidate. In fact, I I would put money on Ronald Jones not being on the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. (laughs) Whether that be from him being the odd man out in terms of the backfield, it seems like Edwards Hilaire, Isaiah Pacheco, and Jarek McKinnon are all ahead of Ronald Jones in terms of the depth chart. And recent reports from The Athletic believe that Ronald Jones could be a trade candidate. So there are outs to Ronald Jones still being a productive pick depending on the situation he lands in. But no matter where he is playing, if it's not with the Chiefs, it's almost certainly going to be a downgrade. So Ronald Jones, as a guy that I was taking comfortably in like the 11th, 12th round, has seen his ADP fall massively over the past couple of weeks. He's down all the way to running back 51 going at pick 163. I I think that all of those shares I had in the 120s are dead, and I would no longer advocate any uh, sort of Ronald (laughs) Jones drafting. I think that that's done for, unfortunately. Yeah, obviously, I think he's still worth a selection in best ball, just because, like you said, he's he's either going to get cut or traded, right? And if he gets cut, he's going to sign to another team. Right. He has. He, he should be in the NFL. Yeah. He he's an NFL caliber running back. One hundred percent. Not a doubt in my mind. He has produced and he's been efficient on the touches that he has received throughout his career. The only concern is he doesn't play well in the passing game. He doesn't pass protect well. So essentially, you're signing this guy to be a two down grinder and a goal line back. Now I don't know what teams need a player like that so it'll be interesting to see where he goes after he gets cut but like you said it's ultimately a downgrade from the Chiefs offense to wherever he goes and yeah at the ADP you got him at you're you're absolutely toasted got to chalk that one up to the game I'm interested (laughs) to see where his ADP is going to plateau at if it's in the 160s 170s or so I think he's probably worth a speculative draft pick but if you have a ton of Rojo at a top 100 110 ADP yeah you just gotta you gotta take the L on the chin and and move forward I feel like I'm in this terrible spot where it's like I should almost from a theory perspective be buying him more now just to lower my average just double ADP, down fuck right? it and, and like hope he gets you know traded to like the Chargers or something to compliment Austin Eckler and and hit the nuts but it's just more likely than not he's going to be in a severely downgraded situation. Like I was trying to think of spots he could go, maybe like Jacksonville if James Robinson doesn't work out, if he can't come back, he could be a compliment to ETN, the Saints. You know, maybe he's a better version of whatever Mark Ingram is going to give them, but I don't know. It seems like options are pretty thin out there for Rojo. For sure. All right, the final player that we have changed our mind about is is someone we were both very low on only a few months ago. We talked about players we were fading and this was the cover boy for that. And I think we've I think we've done a pretty significant 360 on our stance regarding Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's a 180, not a 360. 360 means we'd still be fading him, Ben. But it's okay. We Let did me... a 180. <laughs> 
You want to keep that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. All right. <laughs> Unless you don't. I mean, it's fine. On. It's fine. Come it's on. Fine. You got to learn. Did, did you even go to geometry class? Bro, I had a 65 in geometry, actually, and then my teacher got fired the next year. So I, I don't. Oh, so it was, it was the teacher's fault. Yeah, she sucked. Nonetheless, Ben and I did a complete 180 on Kyle Pitts. I think with Kyle Pitts and the reason why I am not fading him anymore is I just came around to the fact that, and this is something we discussed heavily early in in the year last year, is that this man is just a stone cold alpha. He's a generational talent at the position. He's probably going to be the best tight end in the NFL within the next two to three years, and he is going to command a very large target share, albeit a very poor offense. I think the opportunity is still going to be massive thinking about it and you get the ability to basically plug in this stone cold alpha generational prospect that nobody can guard at one of the worst positions in fantasy football like you get to play him at tight end when he's really just a big wide receiver so it's a fucking cheat code is what it is yeah and like i said obviously the concern is the offense and whether or not marcus mariota and desmond ritter and co will be able to allow kyle pitts to hit his ceiling but we saw with marcus mariota in his early days in tennessee he gave delaney walker a couple very good seasons thousand plus yards uh six plus touchdowns and i think that's definitely well within the range for Kyle Pitts. I think a thousand yards damn near might be the floor on Kyle Pitts. Um, his, his Vegas line is what, like 875 or something along mm-hmm. those lines. I think that he'll probably smash that if he stays healthy for 17 games and he's the number one option in this offense. And he is just a very talented player at a position where there's not a lot of talented players. So I have done the complete 180 and I think you should be buying Kyle Pitts in the third round. Worst case scenario is probably he's a third or fourth round pick next year. Best case scenario is he's a first round pick next year. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said that better myself and I totally agree. And just like looking at some of the, receivers that go in that range like would you be shocked if Kyle Pitts had as many receiving yards as I don't know DJ Moore or or Terry McLaurin like Terry McLaurin has had you know between 1,050 and 1,100 yards in two straight seasons and that's the same range Kyle Pitts was in as a rookie and and like the offensive situations aren't much better so I, I could I just I love the advantage of getting Kyle Pitts positionally at the tight end position with a guy who has a similar stat projection to the wide receivers in that range. I think you're getting a massive edge there against your opponents, especially in weekly formats. And it it works in best ball too. total points. He's going to have spike weeks. I am all in on Kyle Pitts sophomore season. All he needs is a little bit of touchdown regression and he's absolutely smashing, you know, one touchdown on 110 targets last year. He bumps that number up to six or seven and you're absolutely sailing to the money this year yeah for sure and you know just from just from a prospect profile standpoint like his profile is like low-key better than all the wide receivers that he's going around it's crazy (laughs) and he's a tight end like this dude is just a freak of nature and i think those are guys that you want to bet on on a yearly basis especially at the tight end position and Kyle Pitts like I said being the best tight end in the NFL in the next two to three years is more likely than not at least in my opinion with 
some of the other guys getting a little bit older. He's still only 21 years old, has a long career ahead of him, and he's just a, he's just a guy that is going to start getting drafted in the second and first round for the next six, seven years after this season. Yeah, so. there's zero doubt in my mind. And, and think about it like this. like If you just drafted Kyle Pitts in the third round last year, this year, eventually he is going to finish higher than that. It's just a matter of time. You know, may, like you said, at worst, you'll be drafting him in about the same spot next year. At best, he's a first round pick. Yep. So better to be early because with a player like this, you're going to be right eventually. 100%. All right, that is going to be it for episode one of the Best Ball Dose. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on within the network, join the Inner Circle. The link to find our free Discord channel is in the show notes to this very podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.